What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hey, it's another New Vision podcast. Glad with you here. And we're back in the book of Mark as we're going verse by verse. We're picking up here in Mark chapter 9, where we are in the book. If you haven't listened so far, you know, Jesus has done all these miracles. Uh, he, he's fed 5,000. He's fed 4,000. You know, all this crazy stuff. His ministry is growing. So is his opposition. Uh, and at this point in the story, he's just predicted his death. Uh, Peter had called him the Christ. And, you know, other people have called Jesus Elijah. And so it's this identity crisis. Like, who is Jesus? What is going on? Even while he's amassing these huge ministries. And so we're going to see that continue today as we get a little bit more about Jesus's identity in another famous story. And this is the transfiguration. And so this is Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 14. This is the ESV Bible. And he said to them, truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. And they asked him, why did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things. And how then is it written that the Son of Man, that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? Hmm? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written of him. And so I was trying to kind of read some tones into that text to give you the full picture, but basically, you know, we all know the transfiguration, and then the the disciples just don't get that after this amazing thing is happened. First of all, they don't understand the transfiguration, and Peter, bless his heart, uh, he he gets scared and he says like, uh, "Let's let's do this." <laughs> and I, how many of us? And yeah, I'm raising my hand right now. How many of us, you know, when we get nervous or scared or fearful or you know don't understand what's going on, say stupid things <laughs> like, "I wish I hadn't said that," or Maybe if you don't think you don't you don't do that, you probably do do that. <laughs> you just say stupid things. So, you know, raising my hand here with Peter, he's he doesn't understand it. You know, for like for like a better, he says he's terrified. And to be quite honest, when I get to texts like this, I have always kind of struggled with it. That's just me. I don't know if you have, but it's like Jesus is glowing. Okay, I can keep keep reading on. I know that's a big deal, and I trust the Bible and. 
It just doesn't move me as much because I've always struggled with that. And so I paused and I was thinking about it and I was trying to meditate on God's word. And I was like, okay, where, what would, what would I be like? How can I compare this? And so I was like asking myself this question, Hey, what's the most powerful and radiant thing that we know in our solar system? It's the sun, right? Okay. Powerful. It's so powerful that if you look at it without, you know, proper protection, even for a split second, you know, longer than a split second, you'll burn your eyes. Like you'll burn your eyes and, and you'll go blind. Like you, you can't look at the sun. It's that powerful. And here we are. It sounds weird, but he's quote radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. You know that Jesus is glowing. You know, we can think that's weird, but you think, okay, Here's the second person of the Trinity. This is God himself revealing a tiny bit to Peter, James, and John of who he is, who created the sun. <laughs> how much more powerful, how much more radiant will he be? I don't understand why it's manifested in glowing, but I do know that Jesus created all things and all things are through him and for him and by him. And so he's holding every atom in our body together, as well as created our sun and our solar system, as well as a gazillion other suns and other solar systems throughout the universe. And if he created, then how much more so is he powerful and radiant? And so that's the first point in this story is that Jesus is giving a teaser trailer to his kingdom. And that, that was kind of going to that verse one. Truly, truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. So he's talking about Peter, James, and John going to be getting a glimpse of the king and his true power and radiance. And so as Peter especially is grappling with this, what's happening before him, he says stupid things. And then they don't understand. After they've seen this radiance, then Jesus is like, telling them downers he's like uh like telling them not to tell anybody what had happened like okay we can't say anything about that until he'd risen from the dead and they're like wait and you know earlier peter had you know it says he had rebuked jesus for talking about hey stop being a downer like you've got a following here you know we've got a huge group of people we need to lead and you need to not be talking about being all gloom and doom and talking about dying and Jesus is like, get behind me, Satan. And, and so here we see this again, that they just don't get it, like, which can be frustrating, but also encouraging. You know, these are the people that are closest to Jesus. You know, these close three people that got to see him reveal himself in the transfiguration, and they still don't get it. And they had been with him in his earthly ministry. So that is frustrating. You know, it, it challenges us to dig deeper into his word and see Jesus, what he actually says. You know, he's kind of grappling in them. They're like, well, what about Elijah? You know, is this is this time for the kingdom? Are we going to overthrow Rome? Is it what's going to happen? And then Jesus is like, yeah, Elijah does come first. And that's represented in the person of John the Baptist, because Elijah, when in the transfiguration, Elijah is representing the prophet. Moses is representing the law. So when Jesus is showing off a little bit, you know, and the Father is showing Jesus off a little bit here in this transfiguration as a trailer and a teaser of the true kingdom, Jesus in his full power and, and uh, radiance, he's showing them that, look, the, the prophets and the law, Elijah and Moses, who are here representative, were always talking about me. They're always pointing to me. 
And so then they're asking, well, well, what does it say that Elijah must come first to usher in this kingdom? And, you know, they had this small picture of the kingdom and it's going to be a political throwover and they're just not getting it. Why are you talking about dying and coming back from the dead? And why can't we tell anybody about this? And Jesus is, is like, yeah, Elijah does come first. And that's John the Baptist. And, and, and Elijah, the, the, pro, the prophecy about him coming back and preparing the way is symbolic of John the Baptist, who has already come. And at this point in the story, he's already been beheaded. So, the, quote, Elijah, end quote, you know, represented the prophets. And John was the, the greatest prophet ushering the kingdom in for Jesus. He's been preparing the way. And so it was a symbolic thing that they're trying to take literally. And so Jesus is like, yeah, he does come first. He's already come. And then he challenges them. How's it written that the son of man himself should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? So the, the disciples were reading prophecy with this selective, you know, listening like, well, we just don't see it this way. And they just missed. Everybody was missing these these prophecies all over the Old Testament talk about how the Son of Man must come, come and suffer and be treated with contempt and die for the sins of the people, and, you know, and, and that would be what the Messiah would be like, and they're just missing it. And so we can be encouraged by that because they're not getting it, and then Jesus is still working with them. He's still, you know, he has grace towards them. He They still got to see this trailer of the kingdom, this teaser trailer of his radiance and his power and his glory and Yet we can also still be challenged that, you know, continuing to dig into Jesus, who he is, what he said, his word, everything that it says about him. And so that was the first point. This famous story, it is kind of weird at first glance, but the transfiguration is a teaser trailer to the kingdom, what it's going to be like in his power and his glory. And then again, we need to be reminded of the suffering and death of Jesus and uh, realize that was a trailer, but already but not yet it's not yet ushered in he has defeated death and sin decisively on the cross and as james and and peter and john got to see just a glimpse of it we will get to see it in its full glory uh, when he comes back or we die uh, whichever comes first and so we can look forward to that Um, i hope this story maybe if you looked at it in a new and fresh way today on the podcast has helped you. I encourage you to dig into it, read a little bit more, read some of the footnotes in your Bible and enjoy that for yourself. Y'all have a great day. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.